listener. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, four. Lindsay. Hello, Steph. Welcome back. Thank you. And welcome back to everyone listening to our first kick bump episode of the year. Woohoo. And it is an episode I've personally been so excited about. Not only was I super excited to record this chat, but to share it um, is like a whole nother level. So before I get into that, I will share a quick Harvey update. Now, if you heard our first episode back with Laws, you've probably already heard me <laughs> talk about how exhausted I am from the holidays. Um, and I suppose I just wanted to reiterate in case you hadn't heard, or even if you had, I feel like you can't hear this enough. If you were a parent of a toddler and you feel the same way and you are almost feeling bad about not enjoying the holiday. Um, Know that you are absolutely not alone. I didn't have one parent, like, not agree with me that it was super tough. Um, And everyone seemed to have had different issues, whether their child had, like, gone into a phase of not sleeping or being super needy or tantrums were crazy. Um, The clinginess was overwhelming. Yeah. Sleep patterns changing, all that sort of stuff. Like that was incredibly common in everything that was coming through. I didn't have anyone say like, no, that's, or maybe go and see someone. That's not normal. (laughs) Like everyone embraced it. And even parents who had older kids were like, that is just the the time that you're in. You're in the thick of it. Um, especially if you've got a kid in a toddler age. Do you think it's something around that time of year, like the Christmas, New Year's silliness out of a bit of a routine that plays into it as well? 100%. I think what the holidays really proved to me is that like actually fueling him as well with some, which is great timing for Taryn's chat, um, but fueling him with like a mixture of foods and ensuring that he's still having stuff that like like gives him the right energy, not mm-hmm. just the sugar highs. Um, that was something that like I really woke up to because we've never been, like I've never demonised foods around Harvey. Um, again, something that we'll talk more with Taryn about in this chat coming. Um, but I had to be conscious of it because there was, you know, being Christmas and the holidays, there was a lot of sweets around. There was ice creams over summer, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, and if you give a toddler too much of it. I mean, if you give a kid too much of it, like they do generally get a sugar high. And we noticed that his tantrums and his like moodiness and his like not wanting to sleep and all of that just ramped up like for hours after having something like that. So it didn't mean we didn't, he didn't like have them, but it just, it was something that I'm now aware of. Um, and that was a really interesting learning. But outside of that, I think it was, you know, he's in different environments. Like if you're on holidays, they're in a different environment. They might be around different people. There's a lot of stimulation. So like I can completely understand why they're thrown a little bit out of whack. But I think the common thread that came through for me when I was talking about being, I suppose, the favorited parent right now, um, and I like truly mean it when I say he is being super mean to Josh right now. Like I know he doesn't like actually mean it. He doesn't know what he's doing, but it's been quite horrible to watch. And so many people messaged me to say that similarly in their relationship, 
their partner is the one that is at work. So for, for some people that messaged me, it was their husband that was at, at work usually. And over the break, their child, whether it was a little girl, a little boy or whatever, had definitely favorited the working parent over that time because it was, they felt like maybe it was almost like they don't get that time with them usually. And so they just yep. like, they didn't want to bar of the person that they get to see yep. all the time. <laughs> and it had kind of switched in that way. So I found that really interesting. And I tried to just think about it in that way that like, maybe when I go back to work, things will just kind of fall back in routine. So we'll see how we go. We're only obviously like, you know, a, a week or so back in, but, um, I think the routine will do him good. And now he's in daycare, which is, which is great. I mean, two weeks into daycare and his second week, he got super sick last oh. year. So he was sick over Christmas and everything, which was fabulous because then we were all sick over yeah. Christmas. Um, but I'm being told just to buckle in because that is just something to embrace about daycare. And I, I mean, I know it's building up their immune system. If it's not now, it's going to be some other time. Um, but yeah, that'll be an interesting one to tackle this year. So I'll keep you guys updated with his daycare because it's still new to all of us, even though he started a few weeks before the break. Um, and we'll do some episodes around that this year yeah, as well. Yeah, would love to. Because I did feel like coming up to enrolling him and then getting him started. Like, I think it was like the day before that I was suddenly like, shit, I should probably like ask a few people <laughs> what I need to be doing to preparing him both like with what does he need to take versus like also emotionally like <laughs> is he going to be okay so I checked in with some of my friends but I, we would love to do some more um, chats on that so if you've got a maybe a baby or you're pregnant and that's something that's going to interest you in the next year or so we'll hopefully these um, these conversations coming up will really help but today's conversation the one that I've been waiting for is with Taryn Brumfitt. She is a body image activist. She was actually Australian of the Year in 2023. Um, she's a documentary director, writer and speaker and something that I recommended on the podcast and that I recommend everyone goes and watch is her documentary Embrace. And the the documentary is basically about inspiring us to change the way we feel about ourselves and think about our bodies. Embrace was made back in like 2016, but even now watching it more recently, it was sad. It was, it was good to see like the changes that have been made in society and in media in general, but then also kind of horrible to realize like how much more we need to still mm. do, like how much of it is still apparent. Um, but I really recommend that. But what we chatted about today was how we can be, you know, how we can bring up our children to have healthier relationships with both their bodies and with food and with exercise. Um, and as someone who has been on my own journey with my body image and with food and exercise, it's something that I'm incredibly conscious of around Harvey and wanting to know the best way to not demonize food, but then also ensure that he's educated in like what feels good and is like a super tricky one to navigate. So we did get into that in our chat. I also wanted to give a shout out to Taryn and body image expert, Dr. Zali Yeager, who have created the Embrace Hub. So the Embrace Hub is a free resource online for teachers, parents and children to foster body positivity. So the most recent thing that they have launched is their Body Blocks program. It is for zero to eight year olds. So don't think that they're, that it's like not too soon or there isn't like an age that you need to wait for to start um, educating your child and embracing and loving their body. Um, you can start 
basically from the get-go. So we chat about that as well. And every resource that we do chat through in this conversation will be in the show notes. So if you're listening and you feel like you need to write something down, don't worry about it. Just check the show notes afterwards. And I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I do. I've been so keen to get it out there. So here is Taryn. Taryn, I'm so excited to see you. How are you? (laughs) Fabulous. How are you? I'm so good. And I have... I have a very, which you already know about it because I did post about it, but I have an embarrassing uh, thing to admit, which last night when I was prepping more so for the podcast um, to have our conversation today, I thought I'd just put Embrace on while I was having dinner, thinking that I'd already seen it. And as soon as it started, and I think the reason why I thought I'd already seen it is because I'm a big fan of your work and I, I love everything that you put out there and it aligns so, so deeply with what we try and do with Kick as well. So I think it was just one of those things that maybe years ago I'd seen it, put it in my mind of like, I need to watch this. And then over the years thought that I got to it <laughs> and understood it. But I, I started watching it last night at dinner and I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen this. And I cried at so many points of that film, like two minutes in, 10 minutes in, half an hour in at the end, like it is such an incredibly powerful film. And um, so I just kind of wanted to start there and, and obviously say thank you for that. I know it was, you know, produced and launched back in like 2016. Um, but I suppose for anyone listening who hadn't, like me, and, and hadn't seen it, um, definitely recommend still going back. And I think the sad thing is, is whilst I can see some of the changes that's happened in the world and maybe the media landscape since that time, especially in um, showing a little bit more diversity. Obviously, there's still so much, so much room to do better. What I found really interesting was still some of those conversations that you had with women, regardless of some of these changes that have happened. I still hear that all the time because because there's still a lot of the same pressures, right? So I just wanted to say thank you so much. For <laughs> I know you've done shitloads since <laughs> and we're going to talk a lot, a lot about that today. But yeah, wow, what a powerful film. Thank you. I'm so glad you watched it. And it's actually really exciting for me when um, I, I ask audiences that I speak to, who here has seen the film? And often it's like, I don't know, crickets or 12 people in a room. <laughs> um and I, I, I look at the opportunity. Well, firstly, I give them shit and say it's so un-Australian of you not to watch this film and this oh, film try to take so my soul, bad. like watch the film on Netflix. Um, but um, it's really cool that the film is really powerful at, at storytelling um, mm. and we really feel the feels and that's why you cried a lot and I've heard that from many, many women. But what we were most grateful for was that um, we had professors who watched the film um, from Flinders University and Victoria University uh, with, a, with a cinema filled with women and saw the impact and these professors had worked in, you know, their jobs in the space of body image forever for their careers and they reached out to me. They wanted to do a global study on the impact of the film, which they did and that was published in 2020. So it was really powerful for us to be able to move people's, you know, minds and hearts and, and make them feel the feels but also know that the academics, good on them, did this research that showed that women who watched the film had a higher appreciation of their body image, like bingo. That's yep. that's what it's about. So, No, 100%. And I've actually had um, a friend since reach out, since I shared that story, to say that she's revisited it probably three times over the years at times where she felt like she was, you know, starting to be cruel to herself and she's rewatched it and it's like re-sparked that, you know, re- kind of reset her ways and um, in such a positive way. So... 
no, I just, I, I wanted to start there. And, and I know today um, we're mainly going to talk to, you know, how we can best bring up our children to have, you know, better relationships with food, exercise and their bodies than we might have. Um, but before we do, because of, you know, what I watched in Embrace last night, I, I do also just want to touch on, this is, this is kick bump. So a lot of new mamas, pregnant women, um, are listening into this podcast and from what we know with the research we've done within our community and the whole reason we have kick bump offering pre and postnatal is to go completely against bounce back culture um, and just to be there and support women in the most fragile, incredible and challenging moment of their life. And I think in moments of that film, especially when you yourself reflected on that time um, being postpartum and losing that bump, you know, you felt really good in your pregnancy and then your bum kind of deflated and we started thinking negatively towards your body. That is such a common narrative, um, especially within that kind of first year postpartum. So um, just kind of wanted to touch on that. And I'm sure you've helped so many women, particularly in that phase of their life. Um, what are your kind of words of support and wisdom? Because, I mean, we try and, and encourage them to, to focus on the marathon that their body has just been through and um, to focus on its functionality and appreciate it for that. But I suppose it's one of those things, insecurities that we've been taught by society, like how do you kind of retrain your brain to not look at them so negatively? Yeah, I mean, the most um, powerful thing that I ever did um, when it came to learning to have a better relationship with my body was practising the reframe. Um, so <laughs> I used to hate what happened to my breasts after I fed 4,000 meals to my three children. Um, I had three kids in three and a half years. So it just wow. felt like there was always a child on God. the boob. There was always something going on. Um, and I remember I, I used to describe it that you could pick up my breasts like they were dirty tissues. You know how you would pick up a dirty tissue like this one? Mm -hmm. um, and I, oh, I really hated how they changed and how they didn't look like they used to. But Eventually the reframe became around, oh my goodness, like they nourished my kids and I was able to breastfeed my kids and um, that's a good thing. Or my 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 belly um, that, you know, I describe as a, you know, it was a jelly belly mess after I had my kids. Um, it housed and, and, you know, that's where my kids grew and, and that's pretty special. I, I joke with audiences all the time about my arms because, you know, in summer, um, we call them tuck shop arms in Australia. It's yeah. a little bit weird. Um, but, you know, I always say, and you can't see it because you, you're listening and not watching uh, most of you, but um, I, when I'm waving to someone, like I'm waving goodbye and then I stop waving and my arms are still waving, you yeah, know, like underneath. Yeah, but the reframe on that is, oh my goodness, I can hug my loved ones with those arms. And I mm -hmm. think our bodies scream out, we scream out for some kindness and self-compassion. And we're so good at doing it for everybody else. We find it really hard to do it for ourselves. But it really is the superpower in life is pushing back against the narratives that say that we should look a particular way. And exactly what you said, func focus on the functionality of our bodies Celeste Barber does an exquisite job mm. in the Embrace Kids documentary where she talks about um, it's not about just about how you look. Like, sure, that's fun. We can have fun with our hair and our makeup and yeah. um, we can do all of that. But let's not forget how we feel. And I suspect that's as, as simple as it needs to be for some pretty um, transformative moments in people's lives is just to strike that balance a little bit better. Again, whatever that means to them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, I, I love it. I love it so much. And yeah, I mean, I, I reckon I could talk to you about <laughs> women's body image for, for too many hours, but today I really, really would love to um, 
I suppose open up the conversation because I myself, like with a two and a half year old, I'm someone who's very, very comfortable in my in my skin. I've come to that point though, um, been on my own journey and I feel like I've got a really good relationship now with food and exercise and yet I'm still really concerned or worried or maybe just like unsure of how to best bring him up in understanding I suppose, the importance of moving his body and, you know, having the right nutrients to give him energy without demonizing foods and certain food groups, but then not allowing to just like anything yeah, is, a free you know what I mean? Like mm. where's the where's the line? And um, I, so I'm very excited to learn more about what we can best do, especially for those like between zero and eight. And I, and I know Body Box, which I want to get into as well, um, kind of points out a lot of these things. But yeah, what can people at home do to best make sure that their child maybe doesn't go down the same path as much as we can do at home because the world will do its thing, you know, and we can try and change it. But what can we do at home to try and prevent them going down some maybe similar route that we did? Yeah, the number one thing that we can do for our kids is never say anything negative about our bodies or anyone else's body ever again. As simple as that. That's the fastest way to change. If we all did that collectively, that kind of energy in the world would be very powerful. Our kids are watching and listening to everything that we say and do. Um, So we must be really mindful about the language we use about our bodies, even as simple as things like, oh, I'm going for the run because I had the chocolate cake. Um, Things that we, it feels like it's just a flippant comment. And, Mm. but these, these sort of types of comments then build a relationship for kids that we move our bodies to punish them or for something that we've eaten. And I think um, the more I do this work, I've been doing it for a decade now um, and really keen to explore more about this. But this notion that exercise is something that we have to do, it, it feels like it's oh, it, it's um, people are like, oh, I have to go to the gym or I mm. have to do this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like moving my body is the best part of my day, the mm. part of my day I look forward to the most. And I think the reason I have that relationship with moving my body is because I'm very intuitive about how I move my body. So some days I still love lifting heavy weights. Um, And I just did that on Sunday and I was just like, I had my grrr on because that's my mood that I was in. And then other times it's about being, um, you know, yoga or going for a swim or going for a hike or whatever it might be. And I think that teaching our kids that there are thousands of ways to move our bodies and moving our bodies is so good for our bodies, for our mental health. Um, And the same with food. We definitely don't want to demonize food into good or bad categories. Um, My kids are now 17, 15, 14 and 12. So um, I'm, I'm, past those years, but, but everyone who's got little ones um, can, we can start the process of getting our kids to understand how different foods make us feel differently. As, okay. It's as simple as that. Um, with my kids, because they're teenagers, it's a, the conversation's a bit different because it's more about, well, when you eat McDonald's, yeah. how do you feel in an hour? You need lots of water because there's so much salt and you're farting a lot. Am yeah. I correct? Like we have different conversations. Yeah. Um, but I just think we need to move it back to all the things that you always talk about. It's just that that nourishing your body and having the fuel to do all the things our bodies do for us. And if there's a one piece of magic that every parent listening can pass on to their kids, it's a narrative, a daily narrative 
you know, we talk about gratitude journals for ourselves, take those moments of gratitude about our bodies and pass it on to our kids. Um, you know, eyes that can see and ears that can he- hear and our brains that think and um, how our bodies digest our food or if they get a cut or fall over. You know, just throwing into the conversation, don't you think it's pretty cool? Like you don't even need to ask your body to heal the cut. Mm. Your body just does it. Is there a lens that we can help our kids um, see their body like in in, in a way of wonder? Um, And that's actually... um, yeah, I didn't do that much in the public eye only because people, if I if I went into my wonderland of my body, people would be like, oh, you know, hashtag love your body and, and the work is so much more important than that. But it's actually the relationship I have with my body mm-hmm. and the ones that we want to help promote in our kids is that, wow, they're amazing, aren't they? And gosh, we deserve to be so grateful for all the things they do for us. Yeah. And do you think that there has to... Like the, it's almost like a chicken and the egg kind of situation. Does one have to come first? Do you have to have that good relationship with food, exercise and your body yourself to then be able to reflect it? Or because something that I found with parenting is I'm constantly trying to project this like better, more positive version or like this, exactly what you said, kind of like watching what I'm saying outside of food and exercise, just in general, a lot more. And I feel like I've become a better person because I'm a lot more aware of what I'm saying or putting out there in the universe um, to try and, and, you know, he's a little sponge. He'll do anything <laughs> that I say or do like a monkey. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really important to me. So I'm kind of thinking, is there a way that that can in turn kind of help someone's relationship with themselves if they're starting to project these things that they might not necessarily fully believe themselves yet, but then they see the benefit. Like, does it work both ways or do you have to kind of fix where you're at first? It definitely works both ways. I've never seen people more motivated to get their body image um, concerns right um, than than do it for their kids, which mm. is a shame that we can't do it for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so it could be the motivator. But what I would definitely say... Um, is actually go through the process yourself because there's nothing like that sort of genuine role model Um, and that's what we all have the opportunity to be for our kids. Um, And that will just ooze out of you. You know, when you learn to embrace your body and have a better relationship with it and understand it and understand why you feel the way you have felt about your body um, and the things to say to your kids to help them, um, you know, armour them up a little bit in the world so you send them out and they're feeling good, get it right for you first. When we made the Embrace Kids film, which is for 8+, plus. it was meant to be a, a a conversation starter, a heart opener. It's not meant to solve all, all the issues. Mm. 79 minutes of a film can't do that. But we also wrote the Embrace Kids uh, book. Oh, God, I, I even brought one in. It was to say the front. How you can help your kids to love and celebrate their bodies. Um, when I asked Dr. Zali Yeager to write this book with me, because I said mm. to her, people are going to watch the film and they're going to be ready to help their kids embrace and they're not going to know how we need to have like a, a, a book to help them. And she said to me, I am not writing a parenting book. And I was like, why? And she said, because all my parenting books live on my shelf and most of them make me feel bad about the parent <laughs> I am. So I said to her, well, let's not write that book. Yeah. Let's write a book that, you know, we've got seven kids between us. Um, Zali has twins. So we've kind of, we've, we've we, you know, we've got a range <laughs> and... To any parent listening, um, 
you know, uh, I'm just trying to make this not sound like, hey, everybody, get my book. Um, but we wrote this book for you, right? Yeah. Um, there's plenty of free things we do in the world and there's free resources at theembracehub.com. But the first half of that book is dedicated to the parent, to get it right, to understand the journey they've been on and also to help them understand that the guilt of not doing something um, is, is, is not going to help their kids and to, I don't know, make them feel a little bit better, I think, too, because we as parents are so good at the guilt game and it just makes us feel shit um, and it doesn't help our kids. So if we can just make peace with, oh, I might have... Oh, I shouldn't swear, should I? Is you can, can swear. Can? Yeah, we might have fucked. We, we might have. This will be like a headline, like Australian of the Year says, we might have <laughs> fucked up like that. But that's where I, that's where I have to go. We, we might yeah. have fucked up in, yeah. in the past. But when we, we when we know what we know, we can we, we then can make the change. Um, and there's no room for the guilt or the shame or the, oh, I said this and I didn't say that. You know what you know when you know it. Yes. And that book is full of wisdom and it's full of practical ways to help you. And then help your kids. So, um, and you know, associate professor Zali Yeager's um, pretty phenomenal in terms of her twenty-five years of experience in body image. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Get your hands on my book. No, <laughs> I just I hate talking about my book because I don't want to. It's a very no. genuine call to action, though. If you want to know something, that's a good place to start. For sure. And we will put it in the show notes. The thing about our show notes is it's going to be filled with resources because you have done so many incredible things, but it will be there. We'll make sure it's highlighted. Going back to what you said before about, you know, the way that you t- talk about your own body and other people's bodies and stuff like that. I'm I'm sure it's the same when it comes to, you know, dieting and exercise as well, like just kind of practicing what you'd you'd want them to do. I remember being, I think I was 21 when my mum first opened up to me about body insecurities. And I look back now thinking, how lucky am I that that was the first time I heard my mum speak negatively about her body. Like I was shopping for a dress with her and she she mentioned she wanted something that covered the top of her arms and her went to her knees because she hated her thighs. And I was like, the hell I've never heard you speak about your body like that and I didn't realize it at the time but now speaking to a lot of people in our community who unfortunately in their household as young teenagers they saw their mothers going on diet and after diet and picking apart their bodies every day that that was kind of the norm for them and my mum was yeah she did not like as in the foundation I had I'm so lucky that I had that because I think without that when I did go through what I went through when it came to my body image and my relationship with food and exercise. That was when I became a full-time model. I put my entire worth to the way that I looked and it wasn't because of anything that she'd kind of seeped into my life. If I didn't have that foundation, I wouldn't have had that realisation when I was in the depths of it to be like, hang on, how am I going to sustain this? I miss loving food. I miss enjoying it. I miss like not feeling guilty about it. Why do I feel guilty if I haven't? Like I never had those things. And so I was able to kind of reflect back to being a teenager and not necessarily feeling that pressure because I didn't feel from from home at least. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. So I suppose to your point, it's it's not just about the way we talk about our bodies, but it's in everything. It's just the way that we live. We have to kind of project what we think is, is I suppose, healthy or like sustainable for them. Yeah, for sure. And and we've heard so many stories um, 
from um, people whose body image, you know, issues might have been passed on from from their mums or from a relative. And I guess what needs to be understood is the pressures that they were under. You know, it wasn't yeah. TikTok then, but um, there was other pressures and, and it had an impact. And I guess what we have the opportunity to do now is to break that cycle and not pass it on. And I think so many of us have spent too many years hating our bodies. And when we look at our little ones, we just think, I mean, that was the whole catalyst for this whole movement was my Michaela, who's like now like sassy and 14. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it was... It was her that I, I wanted to to get my own body image, you know, issues sorted out and and change my lens and change my perspective. And I guess what I, I would love people to know is that it, it's possible and that it's never too late. Mm. And the investment of time in learning to have a better relationship with your body, it, it, it truly is like walking through life with a superpower. It feels so good. Um, people always say to me, Taryn, you've got so much energy. And I reflect back, and of course that's because I move my body and I nourish my body and all those things. Um, But I reflect back to before when I hated my body, I was not this person. Uh, And this is because um, what I put it down to is the freedom that's inside my head, all of that space that used to be dedicated to calorie counting, diet, Mm. wishing I had her body, wishing I could change something, all of that's just gone. And it's like, it's a little bit more peaceful, although I filled it up with doing a whole bunch of other things. But it's, it's, it's kind of cool that we can all do that. And I, I promise anyone who's listening that's thinking, gosh, I'm curious about this. Could I do this? Um, I never like to say, if I can, you can, um, because everyone's journey is so different. Mm. Um, but what I would say is that I've never met anyone who's learned to embrace their body anywhere in the world uh, and regretted the decision to do so. Like it comes yeah. with a 100% money back guarantee. It feels so damn good. And... Um, and maybe it's just about accessing a little bit more of it. I love that. I love that because, like, what what are you going to regret if you try it? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I, I I get the – and I guess this is what energises me these days too is I just get the best emails and messages yeah. from people everywhere just saying, I once felt like this and now I feel like this and now I'm doing this. And the stories of I'm now doing – is they are they just give me it's like the best KPI in the world to know that someone was once on the sidelines or someone once said I can't do that or I shouldn't do that or I'm too old to do that or my body's not the right fit for that that they're they're doing it mm. and they're they've you know they've taken back control of their life and I think that's what's happened to so many people the messages the trillion dollar industries they are so powerful. Mm. Um, and they come so hard at us. But again, it's the opportunity and that sense of agency that we all have and something that we can help our kids adopt is that there is a lens in which we can see all of this. Um, and if we get that lens right, those messages can keep coming. Trillion mm. dollar industries can double and it's whatever. You guys just continue doing what you're doing because mm-hmm. we're doing this. We're going on the adventure. We're jumping in the pool. We're having fun. We're in our bodies. We're in our lives. Thank you very much. They'll catch up eventually. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now, I would love to talk about body blocks. And I think, so my son is now in daycare and that's just been a real recent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about daycare, kind of as we touched on earlier, you know, I grew up in a 
in a household that didn't didn't demonize certain food groups that really encouraged us to get in, involved in sports and I just had a really healthy relationship with movement and and food growing up. Uh wasn't to say that you know school didn't influence me to think otherwise. Um you know that's I went to a co-ed school and I was really interested in getting attention from boys even from a young age and like this whole media landscape was totally and this is totally in the um embrace uh film as well but sexualizing from a young age young girls I felt that pressure right so that's kind of when things started to change for me and I think what I got really excited when I started to learn about body blocks was it's starting sadly, these issues is starting younger and younger. And so the fact that you, you've created something to, to tackle that, because we can do as much as we can from home as parents or as caregivers, you know, but then when your kid's off at daycare or um, at school, you, you can only kind of hope. I mean, I remember some of the comments that used to get thrown around with some of my teachers back in the day um, that have impl- like implanted in my in my brain, I can still remember word for word, I was in a, it was in PE and my female teacher said, you've got to stop sticking your bum out. You're going to create a pot belly and no one, like, it's just going to get worse over time. And I was like, I think I've just got a curved back. <laughs> I think my, my stomach just sits out because I have a curved back. But anyway, but since then it's been this, and I've worked through this, but it was a huge insecurity of mine that I didn't have, like that my back curved in my stomach. And it was because of comments she made. And then I also remember comments about food, like really demonizing things or saying you're going to have to, you know, do something about it. So the idea that you've created something that can, can go to these kind of different places when you're not necessarily as a parent in control over the way that people talk about food and bodies is incredible. So please tell us all about it. Yeah, we were quite alarmed at the Embrace Collective. So the Embrace Collective is our health promotion charity Mm -hmm. focused on the prevention of eating disorders and body image issues. And when we learned um, that childcare workers um, didn't have any formal training around how to talk about food and yet they were eating up to three meals with five meals even you know with all the snacks with our kids every day we knew that we needed to do something but like teachers um we know that they are under the pump Um, they've got so much on so we thought how do we take the research and data about how we talk about foods and translate it in a way um that's easy for them to uh, you know absorb and listen to so we created Body Blocks and we got Amelia Mosley from Behind the News, who's um, a friend and a legend, and she's also an Embrace Kids. And we got her to deliver um, seven small modules, seven videos, under 10 minutes that, that childcare workers could watch in their tea break or on, on the train on the way in. Um, it's, it's about half an hour in total, but it's so powerful and so distilled down about what to say, not what to say about food and just being really um, just helping to remind everybody that's around kids the, the the throwaway comments that we say really matter and you just gave a really good example of one comment that one teacher might have said at that one time but might have said it to a hundred different students over the years and you've all carried that through life it's what we do we anchor so tightly onto those negative um, comments, unfortunately. So, yeah, Body Blocks um, is, you can access it through bodyimageresources.com. I know you've got show, show links and all the things, but what we also need parents to do is to let their childcare centres know that, <clears throat> excuse me, that there is a 
um, a free resource, mm. um, that it is based on um, research um, and it's easy to, to watch and to get into um, because anyone who's around kids in any environment needs to get some training around what to say about our bodies. A lot of the teachers that we knew were saying, we don't know what to say anymore because things have moved so quickly, right? And there's this whole, we want people to be healthy. How do we get them to embrace their bodies? Like it's a really big narrative and and one that I've been grateful to have the platform as Australian of the Year this year to talk about it because it's actually really Mm. simple. People who feel better about their bodies are more likely to move their bodies, more likely to eat fruit and vegetables, and um, they're less likely to do all the things we don't want them to do. So it's scientific and it's fact and it's easy to get the message out. We just need to get that message out on scale. Mm. And we need to really stop the shame and stigma about bodies too. It's a big thing that continues to happen um, where people think it's their business to talk about other people's bodies or comment on other people's bodies. And it's just this mind your own business. There is a disproportionate care about how, about other people's health in this country. Just I don't even know how I got onto this rant, um, but that's, no, I think it's I'm a good thing for people to hear. But coming back to body blocks, go to your childcare centre, <laughs> make sure they've got it and watch it yourself, you know, mm, like under yeah. half an hour, you'll learn a lot about how to talk about food. Well, I just, I mean, honestly, I think we could talk for a long, long time, but I'm very mindful of the time. And also the fact that you have probably a million into have done a million interviews this year. So I really just wanted to say I, I appreciate everything that you're doing and I appreciate you taking the time to to come on this podcast. I know um, everything that you do is just so aligned with us at Kick and our community are going to love this and, yeah, find it incredibly insightful. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And to everyone who's listening, I just want to um, remind you that you get about 28,000 days on the planet if you're really lucky and you're not meant to spend them at war with your body. So hopefully you can come on the Embrace journey with me. It's a ton of fun and um, see you there. Thank you for joining, guys. Hope you enjoyed that chat. If you would like more info, you can check out our show notes of the episode. And if you would like to get involved with the KickPod, you can find us on Instagram at KickPod. Send us a voice note or DM or question there, and we'll be posting all our videos and behind the scenes on that KickPod Insta too. So you can show your support by giving us a follow. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mother's group is what we like to call it. We have our Kick Bump Facebook group. So you're all welcome there. Uh, There's so much love and support in that group. It's something that I'm very proud to be a part of and we would love to have you. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can head to our website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple Store and Google Play Store. And if you'd like to join Kick, we have a seven-day free trial. We will be back in your ears very shortly. Bye. Bye.